This is a Federal News Network podcast. Now today's Federal Newscast. With the beginnings of winter right around the corner, OPM is reminding federal employees what to do in case of a weather event. The Federal Employee Union is hoping the Social Security Administration will reconsider its new telework policy. And it's that time of year again. Federal employees can start shopping for a new health insurance policy. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Office of Personnel Management is reminding federal employees how they should respond to operating status changes in light of severe weather or another emergency. Telework-eligible employees are generally supposed to work remotely if their agency's office closes for all or part of that day. Non-telework-eligible employees should get weather and safety leave. Employees in the Washington Capitol Beltway should look for updates from OPM during severe weather. Employees outside the D.C. Beltway should look for an announcement from their agencies. The American Federation of Government Employees is calling on Social Security Administration Commissioner Andrew Saul to reverse his decision to end the agency's telework program. AFGE Council 220 represents field and regional office employees. It says customer service will suffer without telework. The local says SSA employees were often able to take on more tasks while working remotely. AFGE is calling on Congress to review SSA's decision and hold hearings on the agency's collective bargaining agreement. Open season is underway. Participants have until December 9th to change their plans under the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program. OPM says it's updated its plan comparison tool this year. The tool allows FEHB participants to compare plans based on the cost of monthly premiums, annual deductibles, and out-of-pocket expenses. Open season also gives employees a chance to make changes to their federal dental, vision, and flexible spending account benefits. Federal agencies have made major progress over the last two years in complying with the Data Act, but the government as a whole has a long way to go. More now from Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. The transparency law requires agencies to report detailed spending data to the public via usaspending.gov. According to the Government Accountability Office, 11 agencies failed to do that in the last quarter of 2018, but it's still an improvement from two years ago when 28 agencies fell short. GAO says the data is getting more accurate, too. It estimates between 24 and 34 percent of award transactions were accurate in the last quarter. That's compared to an estimate of 1 percent or less in 2017. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. For the first time since 2016, readiness is not one of the top management challenges for the Pentagon, as identified by the Defense Department Inspector General. An annual report outlining the top 10 challenges took readiness off the 2020 list because DOD has made significant increases over the past few years. That's partly due to sustained and on-time funding from Congress. The military services started rebuilding readiness in 2017. Since then, DOD put money into building end strength, repairing equipment, and modernizing systems. Other issues still regularly on the list are countering threats from Russia, China, and Iran, and increasing DOD's cyber abilities. A potential $732 million contract to sustain the Navy's mobile user objective system is awarded. The program is a narrowband military communication satellite group that supports users who need greater mobility and higher quality calls, data, and video communications. General Dynamics will sustain the ground infrastructure of the communications platform for a maximum of 10 years. 
The Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency is looking for new ways to collect and share fingerprints. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has the details. The new Security Clearance Agency is asking vendors for some ideas for how to modernize the Secure Web Fingerprint Transmission Plus capability. The Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency released a request for information seeking feedback on seven concepts to improve SWIFT+. Plus. SWIFT Plus is the enterprise capability for the capture, storage, and forwarding of electronic fingerprints. DCSA seeks information about connecting to commercial fingerprint networks and how best to take advantage of new devices and new biometric technologies. I'm Jory Heckman. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says the Army officer who's spoken to House investigators as part of the ongoing impeachment inquiry should not fear retaliation. Esper told Defense One that Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman will be afforded the same protections that cover any other whistleblower in the department. Vindman is a Ukraine specialist who's currently detailed to the National Security Council. Confusion over multiple government-wide mentor-protege programs could be coming to an end. The Small Business Administration is proposing to merge the 8A and all small business mentor-protege programs into one. SBA says its proposed rule would eliminate redundancy and burden as part of the Trump administration's government-wide regulatory reform initiative. Additionally, the proposed rule would simplify the 8A program requirements for joint ventures and require small firms to recertify their size and or socioeconomic status for all set-aside orders under restricted multiple award contracts and where the required socioeconomic status for the order differs from that of the underlying set-aside MAC contract. Comments on the proposed rule are due January 17th. The Federal Emergency Management Agency has walked away from plans to move to a consolidated Department of Homeland Security campus. FEMA will instead pursue long-term leased office space at its current location in southwest D.C. or in the General Services Administration's National Capital Region building near LaFont Plaza. DHS and GSA had asked Congress for more than $170 million in fiscal 2019 to build a FEMA headquarters at its St. Elizabeth's campus, but only got $120 million for the project. GSA and the Energy Department seek industry feedback on ways to make buildings more energy efficient. The agencies have put out a request for information asking vendors for input on the development of a Grid Interactive Efficient Building, or GEB, strategy. A study published earlier this year found GSA could cut costs by deploying this kind of energy strategy government-wide. And the EPA Inspector General sends a stern letter to the administrator concerning what the IG calls flagrant violations. More from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. The so-called seven-day letter, hand-delivered, concerns the EPA Chief of Staff, Ryan Jackson. In it, Acting IG Charles Sheehan tells Administrator Andrew Wheeler that Jackson has repeatedly failed to cooperate with investigators, seeking interviews or asking for information. Cooperation, Sheehan says, has been patiently and repeatedly sought on 10 occasions. Now Wheeler has seven days to transmit the letter to Congress. I'm Tom Temin. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. 